Hello and welcome to the Bitches of Air podcast. This is a conversationally based podcast where I listen to people's stories. Um, They can either be cannabis based or from many different alternative lifestyles. I'm here to hear all the stories and share them with you. So if you're interested, buckle up, let's get going. On this week's episode of the Bitches of Air podcast, I talked to Ali, who wrote the book Walter and the Magical Seed. It's a wonderful, wonderful book that is a way of starting the conversation with our children about what cannabis is and how it can help so many people. Um, it was a really, really wonderful chat, and I think it's it's a conversation that needs to be had more because. There are a lot of parents who either use it for themselves medicinally, um, whether it's to treat chronic pain, it could be to, be to treat depression or anxiety, or it could be to treat an autoimmune disease, they may have cancer, I mean, the list is endless of the things they can treat, but um, unfortunately, because of prohibition as a parent, we are really harshly judged, I think especially women in particular. Um, and as mothers, we were really harshly judged. So, you know, this book is a really great way to introduce the conversation in a really positive way. Because if our children are going to face judgment for us using it, at least they can be equipped with the right information to know that there's nothing wrong with this beautiful plant. And that if their parent uses it to help make their life better, then that's the best thing in the world. Because if their parent isn't able to be the parent that they want to be for their children without it, because pharma medication does not give them that ability, then it has to be the best thing. So it was a really interesting conversation. And as always, I have some interaction with the audience and I've had some really interesting replies. So from Buds and Beauty, yes, I've always educated him on how his daddy's medicine keeps him seizure free. I mean, that's wonderful. And they shouldn't have to feel in any way judged by something like that just because of a silly, outdated law. And I'm sure there is, but it's just awful. And Canna Mama says, they are still too young, but I feel I want to always be open and honest with them. Which is exactly it. That's all we want to be with our children. And there's absolutely no reason why we should feel ashamed to be just because we use cannabis as our medicine. And there are so many children out there who are benefiting from it as well. So today is 4.20 and I'm releasing this episode on this day. It's very special. And so for me as a mother, I wanted to release this episode because my whole purpose of my Instagram page and what I do for my activism is trying to normalize the use of cannabis for mothers. Um, and for women so that we don't feel as harshly judged so we don't feel so alone in this in this world in our in our choices and that we feel supported so today i want to dedicate my episode this episode um to all the mothers out there who use cannabis and to all the women and i want to especially thank all the wonderful women in my life and all the wonderful mothers that i know that use cannabis and I want to say a big, big puff puff to you and um, congratulations. And yeah, so let's continue the fight. Let's keep trying to normalize this 
and uh, I hope everybody has an amazing 420 and I really hope you enjoy the conversation I had with Ali she's a really really wonderful person and her book is fantastic I will put a link up for everybody and uh, go buy a copy but uh, enjoy today's episodes and happy 420 Yeah, so so I started researching the, um, the 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 problem with the kids with the seizures, and um, I came across two families in particular: um, Joanne Griffiths with Ben, boisterous Ben, and um, Karen Gray with Murray. And um, I followed their journey, you know, for a good year before um, I started to think, right, how can I help with the cause, so to speak? And um, and after speaking to them, and I found out so many things, you know, that was just mind blowing, um, where they'd rather operate on a child's brain and remove a part of the child's brain before offering them a plant um which just horrified me and I just thought this is this is well again it's lunacy so uh, money though isn't was, it hmm? it's all money it's all money, money Greece. we're just sort of test subjects at this point and um so anyway so I was talking to them and um, I'd watched little Murray had gone from having I think it was um I, I might be wrong about this but it was over 100 tonic seizures every single day his mum was having to you know to the point of being put in an induced coma so it's like they have to wear the helmets because they're banging the heads constantly they were giving him ketamine um all sorts of stuff before they even tried to give him the epidiolex which is still not great for them because it can give them really bad diarrhea everything but it has to be you know government approved which we've looked at Cali Siemens thing and the, and the government approved cannabis isn't a patch on the natural yeah. grown cannabis that, you know, it's, and they chop it all up, which uses, loses its potency and things yeah. like that. So yeah. they're not all clued up yeah. just because it's the government. They're not just yeah. clued up yeah. on what they're doing as such. And um, so, yeah, so Murray had gone from, I think, 100 seizures a day. Um, and then Karen had managed to get the oil for him. And he hasn't had a seizure for, I think it's over a year and a half. Wow. And he's at school. He just looked, you would never, ever know that there was anything wrong with that little boy. And for me, I don't think a book needed to be wrote after that. I don't think anything needed to be done because that is the proof in the pudding. You know, you don't need any more evidence when you can see how much it's, it might not work for everybody. But it does obviously work for some of them with these rare epilepsy, right, rare forms of epilepsy. And um, and to deny them kids and make them pay privately and all, all the rest of it when we absolutely know now. Um, that it works was just again it was just outrageous so so the book um really it was like Murray and Ben and the kids that inspired me and um I already had a children's learning resource which was for um everything that wasn't taught in mainstream schools um about mindfulness about meditation about um being kind just like really basic morals and fundamentals for kids because that just doesn't it just yeah, and it's sort of, it's just based on like targets, maths, English, um, tests. They do, I think we're the only country that tests them at seven. And, um, you know, well, I can't think of what the tests are called. SATs, is it SATs? But the, we do them from the age of seven over here. And um, so, you know, it's all just basically points like that. Um, but yeah, so I thought to myself, you know, different, uh, just a different learning thing, just for the kids, just something for the kids. And um, so I already did Walter about 10 years ago and um, I wrote wrote about eight stories um, and a couple of them got illustrated, but, you know, I didn't really push forward with it. And then it was only 
of like I said, having my own experience that made me put the two together. So Walter the wizard is is a wizard um, who goes and 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 looks for for problems to solve. So like if there's a if there's a problem and um, it's not talked about, basically he'll go and investigate it with his friends until they find what the problem is. And, and maybe get a solution for it, you know. And it, and we've I've, I've done things even down to first day at school, um, going to the dentist. Like you know, th- this is a whole range of books that I did. But the cannabis one is obviously like a book from the future because you don't really. I think there is a couple, but not raw in the way that I've done it because I have called the plant cannabis throughout the whole book. And a lot of people have been too scared and called it hemp or, or you know, like shied away from the whole yeah. thing again, which I think is just adding to the problem. I think we need to just yeah, call it for what it is. It's it's a plant, you know, it's like, yeah. If you're going to start off being scared, then you're, ne- you're never going to get where you need to get with it. So, um, so yeah, and he goes on a journey because his friend Titch suffers from seizures, the little girl, and um, him and Terence the troll go on an adventure to try and find um, a cure for her seizures and they end up finding the cannabis plant so they grow the plant and watch it grow it's from seed to you know to grow and to make the oil and then they give her it and then all the woodland creatures that are gathering around at the end you know worrying that she's going to come to harm which is kind of like a little insight into the government and all these people that you know it's like it's wrote in a way where like I think parents get it but for kids it just normalizes completely takes the stigma away from um, the cannabis plant and it normalizes it which needs doing you know you can educate later maybe don't smoke it when you you know your brain's still developing things like that but the on the grand scheme of things the amount of beneficial things even cbd for kids with um or anything you know um the opioid crisis look at every i mean that was me i was the opioid crisis antidepressant anti-anxiety drugs i mean they're like everything um i mean i must have stopped 12 tablets for whole plant extract paste and I, I mean, it was just destroying me. So I just think, well, that's okay. We'll push that narrative. I mean, in America, the opioid epidemic is just there's just streets and streets of people living in tents, just all addicted to. And the and the companies, like multi-billionaire companies, all rubbing their hands together. You know, it's I don't know. So yeah, so that's what the book is about. And um, I've had loads of good feedback, even from like families who. Um, who just medicate themselves with cannabis the parents and obviously they feel shameful because you know it's such a taboo topic it's illegal it's a bad thing and and obviously if they give the kids the book then it just takes the pressure off them as well because it's just a plant at the end the language as well and it's helping yeah and it's like the language for that conversation that parents don't have do you know what I mean and it's important to be able to find that language and to be yeah. able to have that conversation in a way that it benefits both the child and the adult, because yeah. there is that shame in, in society still that parents and children who do medicate with cannabis have to carry all the time. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. And um, you see, I've always been very open with my kids and they've watched my journey and they've seen what I was like on all the tablets from the doctors with my yeah. pain and, and having no life and then seeing mum get her whole life back pretty much you know I still have pain a lot but I just deal with it now whereas I think when you're on these opiates and you know tramadol pregabalin all these sorts of tablets they make you succumb to your illness so you just don't have the drive or desire to do anything else because you're you're stuck in a real bad cycle then and the only way you get the relief is it's a continuous thing and then when they stop working that you go back and they put you on another one and then there's a side effect to that one that you need another tablet to counteract that side effect and before you know it you know you're just you're just down this 
spiral of awfulness, you know, and like I said, antidepressants for a good, what must be over 15 years I was on, and it's been five years now. And that when I look at the amount of things I've pumped into myself on the, on the goodness of my doctor saying, you know, this is what you need, this, I, is, what yeah. you need, this is what you need. Yeah. Um, well, we need to up that. I want you on the highest dose of that because then that'll help that. And I mean, but coming off it all was just, I mean, it's a miracle I survived coming off it all, you know. So I am here to sort of tell the tale, but but that's something legal. Go and buy a bottle of wine, down that in one go. That's totally legal. Pat on the back, that can kill you. And uh, all these prescription drugs can kill you, but they're all legal. But a plant that can't is illegal. So it's... Um, it's just nonsense to me at this point that we're even still having to have this conversation. Like it's it's legalized so many places now and we're still dragging our feet. And it's just like it's obvious now with all the evidence, it's obvious to me yeah, that it's, they're just irrefutable. It's just money. You know, at this it's point, just it money. is just money. Yeah. It's yeah. irrefutable. There's there is no logical reason why it's not legal anymore. Do you know that like they've there's far too much evidence in favor of it, especially when it comes to children. Yeah. And cancer patients. Like, I still can't understand. I was talking to Sharon, who was on my show a couple of weeks ago. And like the fact that chemotherapy is still the first, the first choice of treatment. I know. I just can't get my head around it. And they do it to children as well. I know. I know. Well, look at Callie Blackwell with uh, Darren. I mean, she just completely cured him. Yeah, um, you know, and they and all the doctors, all the scientists, they, they, they didn't have a clue what, what you know how it was possible or what it was possible. I mean, that in itself, all these women that have pushed the way with it, with showing what's happened to their kids, you know, and that's all really I'm doing it in this sense, not my yeah. child, but my own experience and trying to help really with the movement because I think everyone addresses trying to address, like trying to speak to adults, but you know, we need to start from the very beginning here and, and unpick this mess. And unless we change the narrative from very early on, it, it's going to continue to have that stigma attached to it, you know. Yeah. So it's just a conversation. It's probably one or two conversations you have with your kid and then it's forgotten about. It's not a big taboo subject, you know. You don't have to sit and talk yeah. about alcohol every day. You don't do that. You just Everyone just sits and drinks around the kids. But, yeah. You know, we have to focus on educating them right because alcohol, you know, that's it's probably one of the worst things that they could do when they're older again. Yeah. But it's all of adverts on the TV for it. You know, it's on everything. Normalised everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, the WHO have just come out with saying... <laughs> you know, making a statement about how we all use substances every day. Like, I mean, there was a conversation over in Ireland here recently on a radio show that I took I took part in and I was talking to an ex-drug enforcement officer and, you know, the person who was on previously before me said to the radio host, she said, he said to her, oh, well, like ca- caffeine, sugar, all these things, they're drugs as well. They're stimulants because they change yeah. the brain chemistry. Um, and she was like, oh, don't be so ridiculous. And this is how normalized it is for people. They yeah. are drugs because oh, they yeah, change yeah. Sugar's brain chemistry. Like crack for kids. Yeah. Like, and there is really symptoms if you yeah. don't have them. If you don't have caffeine, you get headaches with sugar. It's yeah. the same. And irritability and all these different things. So like... Yeah. People don't realize that the word drugs has just been used in a propaganda way against yeah. certain substances, but everybody's taking drugs every single day, including yeah. your children. Because sugar it, it, I think that's what annoys me the most is the people that are sat at home having a couple of bottles of wine on a night, having the, the tablets and the pre-gum, all, the, all these things off, off the doctor, um, totally yeah. legal, you know, and pointing the finger at us for having yeah. a plant. 
And yeah. I'm like, oh, right, okay. So that fits with your mind, does it? Because it doesn't fit with mine. And no. it's just like, but that's why I don't shy away from it now with anybody. Like if they say to me, how have you done it? I'll say cannabis. And it's almost like Tourette's because yeah. I just think, well, you know, they, you've asked me and now you know, you know, what yeah. are you going to do with that information now? <laughs> Well, I always think anybody's reaction to that is a reflection of them. It's never a reflection of me. Yeah, so yeah. Fine because I'm very content with what I put into my body. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, I don't know. We just have to keep talking about it because clearly we don't have much of a say unless it, it's, what's, what's what do they say? It's, it's sort of back more action in numbers. We need as many people, I suppose, talking about it and on about it now. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first started speaking about my own personal experience, I felt very vulnerable because you just you don't want people to know your flaws. You don't want people to know you've struggled. You, you know, generally you want people to think you've succeeded. And I think when people talk about the struggles a lot more, it's more relatable. And, and there's not the pressure on everyone to, to be just totally perfect because life is just swings and roundabouts. You know, we all go on these journeys and we all have horrible experiences and good experiences. But you just you've just got to be real and I can't be anything but real like I just say exactly what we don't grow in perfectionism we don't become better in perfectionism and I know everybody says oh I wish I had this I wish I had that change but the reality is most people are afraid of change and it's because we're afraid of moving into a place that's maybe not perfect even if we're not in a place that's perfect but it's a place that we know like always that expression better the devil we know yeah but what does that actually get us you know in reality What gets us is stepping out, as you said, you know, not being afraid, trying to be brave and standing up and having conversations that, yes, sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes it might be a bit awkward, but the long term benefits of those conversations means that people are being truthful in themselves. They feel better for that in themselves. And maybe they're opening up a conversation with somebody who in time they might actually come around and see the benefits of cannabis and then they might have a conversation with somebody else. And it could be generational from that point of view. But if we all just keep quiet, then it doesn't work. Like I had a friend of mine um, who's a doctor message me the other day um, and she commented that she listens to my podcast. And this person is an absolutely lovely person and she's got a vocation for absolutely caring for people, you know, and her point was to not demonize doctors. Now, I personally, I don't feel like I do demonize doctors because my issue isn't with doctors per se. It's with the Mm -hmm. system that they work in and that they're trained in. pharma pharma play way too much of a role in that it's all funded by them i mean every single gp or doctor's office you go into there's like the pharma pens the pharma papers you know the Mm -hmm. the paper the posters on the wall for different pharmaceutical medications like it's all funded by them and all the training is done by them and if doctors come to me and they tell me that they're not anti-cannabis and they're very pro their patients but they're sitting quiet about cannabis then they're not pro patient in my opinion yeah you need to stand because up they've all sold the soul they've all and you sold need to the demand training think, yeah sorry yeah no i think a lot of them have sold the soul i, I think it's you yeah. know they get their own the salary and everything for that i i, I used to say to people don't you know who them people are that go in the doctors because obviously i used to live in the doctors and they'd come in with a big black bag and they're wrecked so they are they go in and they promote like, say amitriptyline is really cheap this month oh, so we're going, we want everyone on amitriptyline for depression for nerve pain for sleep um it works for everything side effects so, are horrific amitriptyline we'll give everyone amitriptyline these reps come in and, and say this is what we're pushing this month naproxen is about five pence tablet we'll, we'll everyone can have naproxen like the, the, these things that you know <laughs> 
it's a business and it's a corporation and and a lot of the time don't get me wrong there's some surgeries if you had an accident things like that and you need them and they're, yes. they're amazing they can save your life but these sort of local gps that are just prescribing painkillers to everybody and all of this sort and of thing then really it's just not the answer it's yeah. just not the answer half the time um but yeah i just see everything in a different light and i think a lot of people are in a bubble and they don't want to sort of see anything negative attached to it you know and and they're very protective of the tablets as well and very protective of her you know it's it's a different mindset but I think a lot of it what you've got to do as well what I've worked out it's it's a spiritual growth you've got to you really have to do the work on yourself um you know it's to do with your nutrition your diet your your exercise your meditation I mean I do yoga every morning now and a meditation and and smoothies and researching yeah. all the different, you know, spirulina, chorella, all these lovely, you know, like things that we need and just really like having these baths. And it's really about having that self-care, like you were saying earlier, um, and leveling up yourself spiritually as well. Because I think if you're just caught in this program of the TV and, you know, go to work, or anything, you, you, you just lose yourself. And I think a lot of people have lost themselves yeah. And they don't actually know what they think. They think they know what they think, but they're just reciting what they've been told. And I think you've yeah. got to really step away from it all, which I did for about two years, um, because it just consumed me, social media and stuff like that. Um, I just thought, it, you get rewarded for being fake, but you're sort of penalised for telling the truth oh, now. Always, yeah. Um, and, and it just doesn't sit comfortably with me. So, you know, I think a lot of self-worth work you know, going inwards rather than outwards and stuff yeah. like that, I think uh, is, is vital as well. And I think cannabis brings that out. You know, I think cannabis makes you more intuitive and sort of, I don't know, it has with me definitely over the years. Um, I just see things differently, but in a nicer way, in a more loving way, in a more calmer way and, yes. you know, with compassion and empathy. And I think all these prescription drugs and stuff can take all them, them attributes away from you. you. You just end up a sort of shell of, you, of, of yourself and um and it's very tunnel vision very like feel sorry for yourself I don't know you just end up in a real bad rush that's what I did Uh, and I did the exact same thing because like you um like I was on drugs I was taken up to about 20 odd a day because that were prescribed to me (laughs) yeah yeah um but like it completely took my life from me I wasn't able to socialize. I wasn't. And when I did, I just wasn't myself. Or there was times when I'd see people looking at me and I know that I just looked out of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Just like not myself. Like I be into theater, into sports. I used to play music. I played the piano. I sang. I did all these things. Yeah. All stopped. All of that stopped. I do it all again now. Yeah, it stopped. I couldn't. That's funny you say that because um, I, I used to play the guitar and sang um, in a band like 15 years ago and maybe more, and never ever touched the guitar or anything while I was on the tablets. Not you know, just didn't do anything. And um, just literally in the last month, I've um, I've caught up with my friend and uh, we've been recording some stuff in the studio. So it's Amazing. just like it's really just good for me to be singing nothing more just a hobby but it's just what I love to do so it's finding all these little things that you've forgotten about yourself and and become playful again and try and find joy because it's such doom and gloom at the minute that you really have to like yeah I don't even like the word play it's living it's 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 experiencing it's you're allowed to have fun 
yes <laughs> we work so fucking hard and it's like we're mm. not even supposed to enjoy our work we're not in it's like it's like a, a competition of who's most miserable these days that's what it's yeah. like yeah. you know instead of celebrating gratitude and the the wonderful things that exist in our life and yeah. and ourselves like we're afraid to say oh my god i'm proud of myself and i yeah. like myself and jesus yeah. i've worked really hard for this and thank fuck and now i'm really proud that i did yeah. it like I think women are very self-critical yeah. um, at my self-sabotage is just a hundred mile an hour. And that's probably the one thing I work on more than anything, but it's still there. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just constant, even with the jewelry, all the pet castings and stuff, everyone I do, I'm like, Oh, but it could be better. Or it could be, you know, and, it, and then I ne I've never ever sort of stopped to say like, you've taught yourself how to do all of that from scratch. Yeah, and exactly. You, you, know, you yeah. never stop to sort of say yeah, you've done exactly. well. It's yeah. always what you haven't done, what you haven't done yet, what you know, and and you just we're just really hard on ourselves. I think a lot of the time, aren't we? And yeah, and it's all right to just you know just be yourself. You know, I, I've I've I made I went through a period of making bracelets um, that just said "Stay Weird" on them because I just wanted. Love <laughs> I was just thinking, I, I love eccentric them. people. Me, I love it. I love anybody that wants to talk about alien space, anything. I love oh interesting conversation, not about. What did you get from the supermarket, you know, and what washing powder you use? I it's think like, oh. the problem people struggle with nowadays to have conversations like that is everybody is so obsessed about being right and facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The conversation being about the what if, the creative, yeah. the imagination. Like we're allowed to have an imagination as adults as well. And aliens yeah. are fucking wonderful to talk about in my yeah. opinion. I mean, the, the ability to, to debate is going out the window, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we don't have to be right. Like when I no. talk about even the idea of the universe, because I really believe in the universe, you know, and like that doesn't mean I'm right about it, but it gives yeah. me something. And that's where I put yeah. my faith and my energy into, you know, yeah. not about Absolutely. being right. Absolutely. But what do any of us really know at the Nothing. end of the day? Do you know what I mean? You've got Nobody's to have right. your own belief system and and feel confident within that. And, and I do. I'm very much like you, you know, not one particular God, but the universe and the yeah. meditation and all. Oh, like, I love it. Energy, frequency. I love all of it. Through, yes. You know, the flower of life. I'm into all of that. But yeah, um, it's you've just got to sort of want better for yourself, haven't you? And it, it's a long, hard process. But, um, you know, you put the work in for yourself and, and you get rewarded with it. And I mean, I, I've met so many like-minded people now, including yourself, you know, it, it, it's, it was such an isolating journey over them two years, because yeah. from where I am, nobody's into this sort of thing, you know, it's yeah. I'm like a thorn sticking out, you know, and um, we joked before, I said, we're going to just go and chip loads of seeds everywhere, all down the woods and that, and just kind of be sprouting up everywhere Love and planting. that. <laughs> yeah, and um, we've just been doing a stone there, saying everything that is made out of plastic can be made out of hemp and um, yeah. to just dot around as well what we were talking about with um thingy and um so yeah we just got to keep pushing on through haven't we I don't know <laughs> yeah I mean like I well I definitely think the women need to dominate this injury because it's a female plant as well you know yeah uh, it does vibe <laughs> that energy at that feminine energy <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, but like it, it's just it is definitely hard you know when you are up against it and then like you're having conversations and people are just doing the eye rolling and stuff but yeah. I think it's just important to if you can to not internalize that not take it personally and just yeah. remember that at one point we were probably like that as well because yeah. we've all been sold the same lie yeah, you know? yeah we've all yeah. been sold the same lie for like almost a century now 
And yeah. that is going to take a long time to unpack. And like you said, I think it's so important that we start at the roots. So the at children the bottom, yeah. need to be yeah. educated that pharma isn't always the answer and that maybe yeah. pharma should be the final choice and not the first choice because we come from the earth and therefore yeah. I believe everything we need comes from the earth. Exactly. And also within the book, with, with it saying, you know, it's teaching kids that that plants are medicine, you know, and, um, and that has been completely forgotten about. Completely. You know, I mean, you know, it's the oldest so medicine. plants that can heal so many different ailments. And again, not talked about. Them. Yeah. So um, instinctively what plants to eat to solve certain health issues. Yeah plant-based stuff um, but at the back of the book there's um Walter's like pointing to all the jars but it's all like turmeric um ginger garlic like echinacea lavender all like, all the things that are really really good you know different um different uh, good at different healing different ailments and um again you know it's just getting kids to recognize that a plant can be medicine whereas it's, everything's a medicine's just from the doctor you know and it's just just change the narrative and just start well a little and just, um, you know, and just talk to them uh, openly about things, you know, and talk to them about alcohol and how bad that can be and, and how bad prescription drugs can be. And I used yeah. to, one thing I will say is there was never anything in the um, inserts of oxycodone or oxycontin that actually said about the level of addiction. It says about side effects, but if my doctor had said to me when he was prescribing me them, just to let you know, that this will be like sheer hell coming off these. It might take seven weeks to get them out of your system. Uh, do you still want to go on them? I'd have probably said no, but there's never that conversation Ever. that's and been had. That's one of the things I'm hugely advocating for because the, I had the same same experience as you, but I also was on sleeping tablets. I don't know if you were ever put on sleeping uh -huh. tablets. Uh -huh. um, and the damage that they did and, and the, the danger they put me and other people in and the fact yep. that no doctor, even though I was telling them, you know, different experiences I was having on them ever took me off yep. them. Oh, yeah. Really bad. God. The level of things. And, and, you know, and it was just so bad. I just can't even begin. I mean, yeah. like I said, we went to Centre Parks. He was pushing me in a wheelchair. I was forced yeah. on all the way. Walking I was sticks, fed up. I was yeah. just off hell, living in hell. And then yeah. seven weeks of coming off it all. And then to just be regulating. And I've never put a pound on in like four years nearly now. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just all regulated and, um, but it's taken a hell of a long journey to get off it all and to get myself right, you know, yeah. uh, and we still all struggle, but, you know, I just call, I, I seem to struggle for a couple of days and then I can pull myself out of it. Whereas before it would have lasted weeks Months, and weeks and weeks yeah. into the, yeah, like just. Yeah. So, um, and that's why, like, I mean, I've put up videos of myself in a flare up, which I, you don't do that because you enjoy people looking at you no. literally like shaking in pain, curled over, vomiting every few minutes. Like, that's not what I want people to see. But I no. do want people to see it from the perspective of this is a day or two now, whereas this mm. used to be me for weeks and yeah. I wouldn't be able to pull myself out of it. Thanks to cannabis, I'm able yeah. to like pull myself out of it within a day or two. Now, I might yeah. not be back to the 100%. That still might take a little bit longer. Yeah. But I would be in the worst of it for weeks oh and yeah, yeah. months yeah. to come out of that you yeah. know with 100%. pharma 
100%. And then um, I, I remember going for a walk once when they'd put me on a new antidepressant and the dog ran off. And I, I mean, I, I'm obsessed with my dog. We had two dogs. And uh, and I just remember thinking, well, the dogs ran off. Like, you know, I just didn't seem phased by it. And it was yeah. like it had just taken I all know. of like, my emotion. And now like, I'd be absolutely frantic now, like real emotion, yeah. you know. But I remember at the time just sort of thinking, oh, well, I can't like chase after him. And yeah. uh, that's sort of that. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like, and I thought, what's happening to me here? Like, I just I didn't seem to care about anything. And just, yeah. And then, like, and I also got a bit compulsive at buying things off eBay and stuff because I used to get, like, a little thrill out of, like, you know, things like that where you're just consumed and not getting out in nature, not getting out and actually living your life. You just, you want little comfort blankets and food and snacks around you and just, I don't know, it was just (laughs) such an awful place to be in. I hear you. (laughs) I've been in that place. I'm not there now. (laughs) thank god like but people need to know that like you don't have to stay in that place I mean Uh I was talking to a friend of mine and she was on basically horrific painkillers for a similar autoimmune disease to me up until before Christmas then she started on cannabis and she was so afraid to come off her painkillers and she had like her injections like in her fridge and stuff like that you know the typical Mm. or like pain relief and um you know she's not reaching for them she doesn't even she's like I don't need them actually like I'm actually okay now because I have cannabis it's and now I'm up I'm running I'm going for runs on the beach my husband can't keep up with me before Christmas she couldn't even get herself out of bed barely yeah yeah this is the reality yeah I have an uncle who um as well he was an alcoholic and um you know, he started looking into the kind of stuff. Probably an alcoholic, I'd say, for a good 15, 20 years. You know, a big drinker. And um, and he's he started on the cannabis. And I, I don't think he's had a drink for three years now. And he's out walking, like, with his dog. And, like, he's just a different person. And I can have such a good conversation with him now. He was quite scary at one point. Like, you know, because when you, when people drink like that, and it's just so it's, it's helped with addiction. It's helped with all sorts of things, you know. And I see, like, me and you, just two little people on this massive planet yeah. can say about three, four stories each about who it saved so how many people has it actually saved and it's healing and you know and if everybody just started speaking up um yeah and in reality we could probably sit here all day and share stories of different people we know we're just picking a few here right now and it's and it's and it's educating people on how to use um obviously this is separate but we we have to educate people on like how to use it as well like you know microdosing things and stuff like a lot of people might have a, um, a spliff on a night and a couple of drinks and things like that well that's not the way to do it you no. know you have to sort of really want the best for yourself and use it yeah. sort of spiritually use it you know if you're going to do it properly um and really feel like excited about changing your life and, and really and it go takes for time it but you have that to right. do the right thing yeah you know it yeah. takes time to get it right it does yeah. and it takes time for yeah. your body to adjust I like to call it adjusting to a new frequency you know yeah like that's what it does your body yeah. it vibrates differently you you reach yeah. a different frequency when you smoke cannabis as a medicine and rather than you know it taking away yeah. your frequency and bringing you down this this alleviates you and brings you up it elevates your life so yeah you have to find the right frequency that you work at with it yeah so like yeah. for me for example like if I eat edibles because my liver doesn't work properly because of my autoimmune disease attacking it if I can eat 800 milligrams and I'm like "Mm," you know whereas somebody else might be in the hospital with that if I smoke I took if I took THC as a liquid I'd be on the floor because my my system would be flooded with it really quickly yeah that's like why when I drink I literally black out after like two drinks 
because yeah. my my blood gets flooded with the toxin and my liver, right, yeah. my liver isn't dealing with it enough so i black yeah. out you know it's crazy yeah, yeah. but so yeah. this is the other thing like we don't we're not taught about our bodies anymore we're handed prescriptions no. and we're not told what's what's going on how yeah. do you manage it like there's lots of ways to deal with things as you were you were saying earlier and as i believe and, and when i work with people it has to be a holistic perspective you can't yeah. just look at one thing and be like okay that's because it's all connected like our yeah. body has yeah. systems that all work together you know 100 percent. yeah um it, it it just all needs speaking about a lot more but i think you know for people that are just starting off with it and maybe he's wanting to, to try and reduce the tablets and things like that it is about microdosing at first, yes, you know, because you can just put yourself off straight away um, yeah. and, you know, start with like the CBD paste. I, I have the whole plant extract paste and I do like the um, high THC oil on a night yeah. because it's just, adults, I'm an insomniac. Since I come off all them tablets, it just, you know, I mean, they used to obviously knock you out all the time. And and then I, I went for about, I think I didn't sleep properly for a good six months or something until we got the RSO. And then obviously I was sleeping like a good six hours a night. Yeah. And I just thought, what? And then, um, like, my family wanted it because they weren't sleeping. So there's so many people, you know, I've passed that on to, and, and they're all, like, benefiting from it and yeah. and the CBD and, and all sorts of stuff. But it's not just the CBD, you know. I think people like to just talk about CBD, but, you know, THC has got so much to do with yeah. the pain and that aspects, is, you know. CBD is not the best pain reliever. THC is the pain reliever. Mm. CBD, is, what CBD does is it desensitizes the communication of pain to your brain but it doesn't yeah. take away your pain. THC is what takes away your brain because it interacts with your brain. Um, but um, I've been looking, obviously, the CBD, CBG, uh, what is it, THCV. There's so many different parts of the plant that can be good yeah. for all different things if they're isolated as well. And yeah. it just all needs just sorting out, doesn't it, now? It, just, it just needs to be a lot of focus put on ah. it and researching it even more. So, I mean, I know there is research, but if everybody collectively put their heads together and researched it i mean but that's the problem they don't want that because that no. wouldn't be profitable yeah you know i don't think they can deny that it's, wasn't it's doing all everything we say but they're just not willing to do it because of financial gain i mean you know they want to own the rights to it first and then we'll have to buy it off them if anything yeah. you know yeah. but the fact is you should just be able to grow a, grow a couple of plants yourself yeah and yeah. and and make your own oil and things like yeah. that but and you know what you're doing you know it's not sprayed with stuff you know it's organic you know i should and, be and able to grow it very, the same way i can grow an aloe vera plant exactly and it's very holistic planting seeds and you know again and, and like watching them plant. grow and then then you create yes. your own medicine and it's just like such a spiritual thing and it's all oh, just bonding yeah yeah and you're actually making the effort to make something that's going to be beneficial to you which which i don't think you can and say it helps that about the environment yeah because it's exactly. the best for it's the best carbon well, the environment's just a whole other conversation yeah, I know. you know oh, I love the whole loving planet with it yeah. i mean yeah oh god <laughs> <laughs> There's people in America that were on Am- is it Ambien? Ambien, yeah. And um, basically, um, they would be walking down the street naked, you know, cooking yeah. at two in the morning, leaving everything on, setting the house on fire. All, all legal prescription drugs, yeah. you know. Um, we're all too embarrassed or too ashamed to talk about, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. Because it's, I think it's just when you've got kids, it's scary because you don't want, you know, people. So it's it's one of them, isn't it? You put yourself like, out there, but you also have to protect yourself. So it's, yeah. it's there's a double-edged sword with it when you it
Thank you, as always, for listening to the Bitches of Air podcast. Um, the episodes have not been weekly at the moment, just because I'm finishing up my college course, and it has taken all of my time. <laughs> um, but I do plan to get back to weekly podcasts in May. So stay tuned, as there is a lot more interesting episodes coming your way. And thanks again, as always. Have a great 420, everybody. And uh, I'll see you next time.